Okay, good evening, everyone. Good evening. So um, tonight I wanted um, to review a text which um, is dear to my heart, but which I haven't actually read or talked about in, in a while. Um, it's a text written by a good friend of mine who I also call my Zen teacher. Um, and it's kind of his distillation of what Zen practice is about. It's a poem-like text he wrote on his 50th birthday. He's now 75, um, in which he wanted to encapsulate for himself what he thought practice, the practice life is all about. Um, and I've, I, I think of this, this text called What Is Our Life About as a kind of um, reference point. I, I return to it regularly. Um, and I think it's one of the best sort of summations of what, what spiritual practice and practice is really all, is all about. So um, it's short, but actually because it, it encompasses all practice, it's too, too much to talk about in any one class. So what I want to do is um, I'm going to read it through once just to kind of have it in our hearts and minds as we sit. We'll, sit, we'll meditate for about 30 minutes. Um, and then I'll speak a little bit about just a few lines in this text um, and revisit it and look at some other lines in the coming weeks. I don't know, maybe I'll think about whether I want to do it next week or whether I'll do it um, you know, after a little bit of a break. So, um, if you want to see this text, you can, there's a link to it on my, the Williamstown Zen Group's about page, if you go to that website on the about page, um, but I'll also email it out next week um, when I send out my weekly reminder email. So, um, as I read, as I read this text out, which is just a page long, um, try just to not just let the words wash over you. See which ones kind of resonate. You don't have to make sense of every phrase. You don't have to try to remember every line. Just see which phrases kind of ring out most powerfully for you, which I think will change um, based on where your practice in your life is at any given moment. Certain thoughts, certain phrases will just seem more relevant to you. Um, depending on where you're at. Um, so uh, if you, I guess what I'd say is it's good to imagine this, listening to this as, as kind of a beginning of the meditation period rather than just um, kind of a moment of thinking before we sit. Like, let's, let's think of this as the movement into meditation. What is our life about? Our aspiration, our calling, our desire for a genuine life is to see the truth of who we really are. <coughs> that the nature of our being is connectedness and love, not the illusion of a separate self to which our suffering clings. 
It is from this awareness that life can flow through us. The unconditioned manifesting freely as our conditioned body. And what is the path? To learn to reside in whatever life presents. To learn to attend to all of those things that block the flow of a more open life and to see them as the very path to awakening. All of the constructs, the identities, the holding back, the protections, all of the fears, the self-judgments, the blame, all that separates us from letting life be. And what is the path? To turn away from constantly seeking comfort and from trying to avoid pain. To open to the willingness to just be in this very moment, exactly as it is. No longer so ready to be caught in the relentlessly spinning mind. Practice is about awakening to the true self. No one special to be nowhere to go, just being. We are so much more than just this body, just this personal drama. As we cling to our fear and our shame and our suffering, we forsake the gratitude of living from our natural being. So where in this very moment do we cling to our views? Softening around the mind's incessant judgment we can awaken the heart that seeks to be awakened. And when the veil of separation rises, life simply unfolds as it will. No longer caught in the self-centered dream, we can give ourselves to others like a white bird in the snow. Time is fleeting. Don't hold back. 
appreciate this precious life. So if you haven't already done so, please get in a position for meditation. Whether you're sitting up or lying down or leaning back against something, the key things to look for are a straight spine so that your body isn't collapsed over and a soft and open front so that your chest and belly can move freely with the breath. And once you've adopted a posture that feels alert, in which you can breathe freely, please begin by just taking a few deep breaths in through the nose, and out through the slightly open mouth. And let your in-breath and out-breath be nice and slow and deep. You might picture your spine being filled with air as you breathe in. Feel your back elongate, lengthen as your entire body fills up with air. And after your next exhalation, let your mouth gently come to a close and begin breathing in and out through the nose and no longer extending the breath artificially, rather letting the breath come and go at its own pace and rhythm. And as you settle into this sitting period, feel the body sitting or lying down, feel the contact your body is making with the ground beneath you or whatever seat or support you're using. Let your mind, let your awareness Sink down from the head where we spend so much of our days and let it rest in the body, attending to the sensations in the body. And I invite you to use one of two focal points or anchors to help stabilize your mind. So you might follow the sensations of the breath in the belly or the chest 
or the nose, just feeling the sensations associated with the breath. Or you might listen to sounds in your environment, just opening yourself up to all the sounds around you. And some of you may prefer to use both sounds and breath simultaneously. So whichever anchor you choose, just let your awareness focus on the sensations of the breath, the rise and fall of the chest or the belly, or let your awareness attend carefully to all the sounds in the space around you. And whatever the mind wanders away, you get lost in thought. Once you notice that you're thinking, caught up in thinking, just notice what thought has pulled you away. And then gently and without judgment, return your awareness to your anchor of breath or sound. For those of you who haven't meditated much before, and even for those of you who have, the mind may be quite scattered, at least at first. Don't be surprised, it's quite normal. The practice is just every time you lose track of the anchor, whether that be breath or sounds, just gently, Bring your awareness back. You will have to do this over and over again. Just be patient. And persistent.
it can be tempting to think of those moments when you get caught up in thought, when you get distracted as failures or mistakes, but it's not so. There are opportunities to learn how the mind works, see what kinds of thoughts catch your attention. And then also, as importantly, opportunities to begin training your mind to be able to stay in the present moment by bringing it back time and again to your anchor. If you're using the breath as an anchor, following the breath in the belly or the chest or the nose, see how granular your awareness of those sensations can become. Don't just follow the breath in some loose, kind of distant way, like you're thinking about the breath, but really feel the sensations, feel the sensations in as textured a way as possible throughout the course of the entire in-breath and the out-breath, especially taking note of the moment when the exhalation ends and there is a pause before the in-breath begins. And if you're listening to sounds as an anchor, really see how open you can be to all the sounds around you. Can you hear, not just with your ears, but with your entire body? Can you hear with your torso, hear with your legs?
the point of this practice is not to stop thinking. So as long as you're following your anchor, your breath, or the sounds, if there are also thoughts that are there, that's okay, it's not a problem. Let the thoughts, let whatever goes through the mind flow through the mind, let it be there. As long as you are also attending to the anchor breath or sounds, nothing wrong with that. Let the thoughts be. One fascinating thing to observe or to be on the lookout for as we're sitting is the tendency of the mind to expect something to happen. We're often not present, but thinking about what will happen next or down the line.
if we're feeling frustrated by how our meditation is going, it's probably because there's some underlying expectation of how it's supposed to be. Frustration is a good indication. The expectation is lurking somewhere. Are you here now, open to this moment as it is? Or are you hoping, expecting, waiting for something to change, for something to happen? Notice any expectations that might be there causing you to lean into the future, not be present, and see if you can open fully to this moment as it is, whether it's comfortable or uncomfortable, pleasant or unpleasant. Another fascinating thing to observe is how we respond to discomfort. As the minutes pass, parts of the body may become uncomfortable and we may feel like we can't tolerate feeling this uncomfortable. Notice how the body reacts to discomfort. Notice how the mind reacts to it. And if it becomes too uncomfortable or you feel like you're going to hurt something, move. Feel free to move the body, but don't give in too quickly. It's a wonderful opportunity to see how we react when things don't feel good. What are the thoughts that come up? What are the bodily reactions that come up? Study them with curiosity. 
Don't give in to them right away. We're gonna sit for about seven more minutes. I'm not gonna say anything until the sitting is over. Just use this opportunity to let the mind reveal itself. See how it reacts to just sitting like this. What comes up? How does it react to discomfort? What expectations arise and are perhaps frustrated? Just watch, just notice with curiosity and compassion.
Okay. Please take your time coming out of the sitting. Might begin by just wiggling your fingers and toes and just slowly, gently moving parts of your body. I'm just going to say um, just a, a little bit about some lines of this text I read before we start sitting and then open it up for discussion, Q&A. And if anyone has any questions about the meditation itself and not just the text, please feel free to ask. I know there are varying levels of experience with meditation in the room. And it's very possible, I think, that some of you have never meditated for this long before. So... Um, or in this way. So, so please just feel free to ask questions in a bit. Okay, okay. Um, so I've been wanting to return to Ezra's text for a little while. Um, and I picked it up earlier today, just to, you know, just to read it and, and just see what struck, stuck out to me. And it's actually like really immediately just captured by the first two lines. Um, and I, I think I'll just start there and see where it goes from there. But just, um, it begins our aspiration, our calling, our desire for a genuine life is to see the truth of who we really are. And I think the, I think the first thought that, that came to me is, I'm actually not sure if we all want to see the truth of who we really are. <laughs> Um, I think he just kind of puts it out there as if it's just something to take for granted. Um, and I think for me, definitely there are times when I want to, to, to really see who I really am, to know who I really am. But um, I think I've, um, I was, it was quick, it just immediately struck me today when I was looking at this line that I think that may be one of the biggest stumbling blocks actually that um, that's precisely what we have trouble with is really wanting to see, right? Um, um, I think that takes a lot of forms. I think it'd be interesting to hear about how different people relate to this idea. But I think, you know, it's so common to, to begin practicing or to meditate on a given day, even if we have a lot of experience with it, as not a way to see who we are, but to make something happen, right? To feel a certain way, right? To produce a certain kind of effect. And it just meditation so easily becomes just a continuation of our constant and often frantic sort of um, desire to just be doing something all the time, doing something in the world, doing something to ourselves, right? Getting somewhere. Um, and um, yeah, it just, um, 
I think we, I think we'd all say we want to live in a genuine, authentic life. But I think often that that takes the form of um, a life of activity or doing something, right? Rather than really understanding who we who we are. Um, and I think, um, you know, I think in the third section or stanza of this this text, he really, um, he really, you know, I think he suggests why we don't really want so often to to really do this to see who we are and because it involves turning away from constantly seeking comfort and from trying to avoid pain right to open to the willing willingness to just be in this very moment exactly as it is um i think it's easy to get caught up in all the kind of minutiae of meditation techniques and to you know worry about how we're following the breath and how we're labeling thoughts and whether we should be doing body scans or whether we should be doing loving kindness. But I think just ultimately just boils down to just being with our life moment by moment, exactly as it is. And that again is precisely, I think what a lot of the time we just don't want to do because it entails being open to those moments where we, those stretches of time where we don't feel good. We don't feel comfortable. We, um, yeah, we feel like we want to crawl out of our skin, be somewhere else. Um, and it's such a powerful feeling that we'd rather like work ourselves into the ground, you know, just just do all sorts of things that we know aren't good for us rather than just pause and actually just be with how we are. Um, um, and I think the... The last thing I'll, I'll just pause over, you know, in this, this, this text is really rich. I'll, I'll, I'll return to it, but it's in the second stanza. I just want to read this whole stanza and just to speak about it for a bit. And it also begins in what is the path to learn to reside in whatever life presents, to learn to attend to all of those things that block the flow of a more open life and to see them as the very path to awakening, all of the constructs, the identities, the holding back, the protections, all the fears, the self-judgments, the blame, all that separates us from letting life be. So I think what he's saying here is really both very plain and simple, but also quite radical, which is, you know, all the things that we have started meditating to get away from, right? Our self-judgment, our shame, the way we blame ourselves, the kind of ways we hold back, protect ourselves, our identities, and our sense of like who we are. Like all this is actually what we need to embrace, not to identify with, but just to really see them as actually like what we need to be with if we actually want both to see who we are, but also to get some freedom from the kind of overly constricted pictures we have of who we are. And I think that is incredibly hard to do. You know, it's really like um, all the things that we don't want to feel or to see about ourselves are actually precisely the things that we need to like open our eyes to moment by moment. How does it feel to be 
embarrassed about something or afraid of something or to feel, you know, sort of lost in a particular kind of um, identity that we know is causing us suffering. Um, how does all that feel? What's it like? Um, and to not run away from any of that, but just to be with it. I think it took me a long time to actually come to a place where I could begin to do that. Um, and then even to begin to come to the place where I could see those moments where, you know, I was holding back and, and experiencing something I didn't want to experience and realize that actually this is like an opportunity. <laughs> it's actually like a wonderful opportunity to, to, to work at my edge, to see what it is that I, I'm not okay with. Um, so I would be really interested to hear um, how other people both r relate to this idea of like, do we really always want to see who we really are? But also what it, in what it entails. Um, to try to see who we are, which is seeing all of who we are, right? Um, so um, there's a lot of wisdom on Zoom and in this room. And so um, I'd love to hear what people have to share about the few lines that I've brought up tonight. Um, and also, of course, please ask any questions about the practice too, as well, okay. I'm gonna switch mics. So go ahead, anyone who'd like to speak. Laura, please. Can I say something? Can you hear me? It's Laura. Can yeah, you hear no, me? Please. So yes, um, please go ahead. I really love that poem and I have, I taped it on the wall in my study, but I haven't looked at it for a while, but I used to look at it a lot. And what really struck me tonight when you were reading it was how, even though I've read it a lot, I heard things tonight that I've never heard before <laughs> and that have never sunk in before. And I just love that something that you think that you've engaged with and has become that well, that you've really read and that you know can still be new and fresh. It, it was just almost magical realizing that I heard something new. Laura, could you give us an example of a line or a thought that, that's, that sunk in tonight for the first time? <laughs> the white dove. I, I, never, I never noticed the white dove before. I, I don't know how that happened. I love birds, but near the end? Yeah, no, so it, it goes no longer caught in the self-centered dream. We can give ourselves to others like a white bird in the snow. And the idea is that you're not drawing attention to yourself, right? It's you're, you're, you're blending in, but you're doing, you're serving others, right? Yeah. No, it's a beautiful line, yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you, Laura. It's good to see you here. Casey. Um, I don't have too much to add. I have very similar experience. I also have the poem taped to my wall in my room um, from whenever we read it in this group a couple of years ago. Um, but again, hearing you read it out loud, heard different things that I haven't heard or kind of read before on my own. And there's one line in the middle in particular that talked about not seeking to be a version of yourself that you aren't right now or in a place that, that you aren't right now, um, which is kind of what stuck out to me tonight, particularly as it relates to the first couple lines that you reread um, and finding out who we truly are. Thank you, Casey. You know, one, one line that, um, one a thought that you often hear Zen teachers say is that you can't meditate wrong. You can't make mistakes. There's no right or wrong. And I think um, a lot of people will say, what the hell can that really mean, you know? But I think what Casey was talking about is exactly like, whatever is happening is your experience at that moment, you know? And if you can just open to that at every single moment, if you just open to what's happening, um, what else can you be doing? What else could practice look like at that moment, right? Um, of course, it's just seeing that as an opportunity rather than just constantly thinking like, oh, I should be doing it right. I'm not doing this right. This can't be right because I don't feel good or this, like I'm not focused or something. But if you can just flip it around and say, okay, this is my experience this moment. My mind is scattered. I can't be present. I'm, I want to crawl out of my skin. And you can make that what your moment is, you know, your life is at this moment. Then what else could you be doing? You know, um, but it's such a hard thing to do because we'd rather be thinking there must be something I can do to change this, right? Yeah. This is a more general comment about meditation. Um, in, the, in the, the past week or so, I. I've, I've had an experience that I think combined some of the things you said about gratitude with also the, the uh, idea of, of not striving for anything in particular during med meditation. You know, we, we talk so much about being aware of pain and uh, unpleasant sensations and so on. And I, I think that for me, that, that can sometimes be a distraction. And I know that I I, I got in the habit of sort of gritting my teeth and, and saying, I've got to follow my breath until, you know, something happens. And, and I had uh, this realization this week that I should just enjoy the, the bodily sensations, which are usually pretty, pretty pleasant. And that makes it much easier for me to get into a meditation session rather than, you know, sort of thinking I've got to work until something something else happens. That's great, John. Thank you for sharing that, yeah. 
I hope I never, I hope I never made it sound like one should go hunting for pain. <laughs> just, just so you know. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it, it's easy to kind of get in that framework. No, you're right. No, you're right. Actually, Pema Chodron has this great text where he talks about like after you start practicing for a while, it starts to seem like such a grim affair. Like, you know, you're supposed to just be like gritting your teeth and working really hard. And it's so true. You can, it can start, we can start to feel like we're sucking on lemons sometimes. Um, and sometimes what the moment offers is actually like either something neutral or actually pleasant, you know, it's, yeah. Bryn, can I say once again, how much I admire you for being here? <laughs> I, I just saw you yawn. I was like, oh, Bryn, thank you for being here. <laughs> I did not fall asleep, Bernie, today, in case uh, you were keeping track. <laughs> I wasn't keeping track. But <laughs> no, it was actually very, very welcome and interesting and nice tonight. And yeah, I was awake the whole time. That's, that's great. Well, then can we sit for one minute before we say goodnight? Okay, it's 8.30, so okay. Um, so you can sit or continue lying down, whatever works for you, but I'll just, um, and no guidance, and I'll just say when the minute is up, okay. All right, my friends. Good night. Thank you all for being here. Yeah. It was really wonderful to sit with you all tonight. Thank you, Bernie. Sure. Thank you, Bernie. Good night, Marnie. Good night. Good night, everybody. Bernie. Good night, Jim. Good night, Shannon. <laughs>